Thank you, Jesus. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and shake their hand and say, God is good. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. I'm feeling good in my spirit. You know, not, uh, uh, I was already feeling uh, tremendous before I got here. Uh, we had such a great time last Sunday. You know, I didn't even get a chance to preach last Sunday. And uh, the Lord uh, spoke out last week, and we got a, 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 some definite words from, from God. And uh, to continue what God said last week, uh, and uh, and some of the things that God spoke through Sister Kathy, and I appreciate everybody, but especially uh, on God uh, using her through the gifts that He did last week. Uh, I was home early this morning, sitting on my couch praying and, and, and studying, and the phone rung. I said, "Well, who could be calling me?" Uh, and uh, and uh, answered the phone, and it was a brother uh, from uh, from another church. Not a he's not a uh, uh, a preacher, uh, but God uh, God uses him uh, in words and prophecy. And uh, uh, he said he said brother Sam he says I don't know what's going on with you uh, and your wife and your church. Uh, he says, but I'm. He says I'm a driving, but he says, I'm, he said I'm headed uh, to my own church right now. He says, but God told me to call you, and I got to, I got to call you. And he spoke a lot of the same words again for confirmation, and he didn't know nothing about it. Hallelujah! God is working for us, and the biggest thing that God wants us to do is exactly what Brother Bobby taught this morning. We've got to be patient on God. We've got to wait on God. God's going to do what He wants to do in His time, not our time. And we, and every time that we step out and we want to get ahead of God, we mess up just the same way Sarah did. There would be no problems with between Jews and Arabs today if Sarah hadn't jumped the gun. Hallelujah. There would. Do you know? Do you know what Brother Bobby taught this morning? And how the, how, how Saber couldn't wait on God? Do you realize if she hadn't have did what he what he taught this morning, there never would have been a nine eleven? We get in a world of hurt every time we want to uh, jump ahead of God, and it's I know I mean I. I'm not a I'm not a patient type man. I get impatient a whole lot, and I get it causes me depression and causes me stress and everything else. But we have, and this is one reason why God does some of these things and and draws some things out because He's trying to teach us something. Hallelujah! He's trying to teach us something. Hallelujah! And uh, after that man began to pray, I don't know how he was driving down the road. He began to, began to pray and. He was speaking in tongues, and man, the power of God just went through the phone line through me, and uh, and then uh, as, as when he finally hung up, and I was still sitting there, probably about thirty, forty minutes later, the Spirit of God shook me, 
and spoke a word deep in my spirit that I know was God. And this is what he told me. And what he told me, I, I went and I, and, I, and I posted it. I posted it uh, uh, on Facebook as a, as a word to our church. God spoke this to me. I'm going to give it to you, and then we're going to get in our message today. God told me this morning, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, stop counting your money and start counting on me. Stop counting your money and start counting on me. Hallelujah. I believe, I believe that's good words of advice. And it come from the Lord. Hallelujah. We're gonna we're gonna minister today, uh, and uh, being everybody knows the situation, you know, with our uh, having to meet here and we only get one service. Uh, it it uh, there's a lot of things that we want to do we can't do, and one of those things is being is teaching, and uh, uh, we we don't have our own Wednesday night service and we can't do that, but um, uh, we always try from time to time to go across. Some basic uh, uh, doctrinal, doctrinal uh, uh, beliefs that that form the foundation of our faith and our assembly, uh, and it's been a good while since I have done that, and uh, uh, we have have gained some some uh, new people that's been coming, and uh, some questions are being asked about certain things, and uh, I, I feel led by the Lord that it's time to try to deal. With some of them, these things, uh, and uh, brother Paul, would you, uh, Farley, come here, please? Now, I, I, I probably don't have enough these for him to give everybody, but probably he can give give one to every family, but one between. Some of you know these; you've seen these things. We had them out in a smaller form uh, in a, in a foyer of our old church. I uh, bloated up and. Uh, some of these scriptures deal with what we're going to be dealing with. The basic basics of the apostolic faith is there's one God and Jesus is His name. Amen? That is the basic. Now, I'm not going to be able to answer every question today. But I'm going to I'm going to start and I'm going to I'm going to start laying a foundation, and we're going to be continuing this and going a little a little bit further along. But the basic of the apostolic faith is there's one God and Jesus' name. Uh, I don't believe that Jesus is Jehovah Junior. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, that He was God and He was man. There's a lot of people in this world will say Jesus was a good man, that He was a prophet. He was this or He was that. But they will not accept that He was God in a robe in flesh. They won't believe that. But the book says it. And He demonstrated that. And we're going to try to deal with this uh, and um, and you pray for us, and I'm not going to hold you uh, uh, too much longer. The power of God's already fell today, but um, we're going to start out in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 6 through 11. I'm going to be doing more teaching than preaching, uh, and 
I hope and pray if, if uh, anybody has any questions, you know, that we can begin to ask, ask, answer some of these questions today. Matthew 21, verses 6 through 11. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the coat and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Bow your heads in prayer. Father God, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you, God, for the move of the Holy Ghost. I know, God, that there are people here today that we have prayed for that we're going to be able to hear praise reports later and tell them how you have touched in their lives. But right now, God, anoint me. God, give me the strength in my body to minister for the next few minutes and open up the hearts that we can be, be listeners and we can do, doers also. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to start off by talking to you today while asking a question. Who is this Jesus from Galilee? Who is this Jesus from Galilee? I don't, I don't want to um, uh, upset nobody or offend nobody, nothing like that. But I'm going to tell you something. We do not believe the same thing that the Muslims believe. The name of God is not Allah. Hallelujah. And I hope, and by the grace of God, by the time we get through of our series of messages, that you will not have no doubt to understand that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus Christ of the New Testament. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is the, that's what got him killed, folks. That's what they killed him for. There was one time after he was teaching, there was a group of those religious people gathered around, and the Bible says they picked up rocks and stones, fixing to try to stone Jesus to death. And Jesus stopped and says, Now, wait a minute. He says, You've seen all these good works that I've been doing, the healing and feeding the 5,000 and all this kind of stuff. For which one of these good works are you wanting to stone me for? And you know what they answered him? They said, we don't want to stone you for a good work, but the reason why we want to stone you is because you're just a man and you're making out to be God. You're making yourself out to be God. They understood what he was trying to say. And a lot of people understand it today, but they reject it. The mystery of the identity of Jesus of Nazareth has baffled the minds of mortal men ever since this, uh, the cry of a newborn infant was heard coming from a stable in Bethlehem long ago. Kings, scholars, noblemen, and even paupers have debated and inquired into the mystery 
of the ages to gain wisdom concerning who is this Jesus from Galilee. If there's anybody in the house know who knows who he is, say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to give you a purpose of this lesson. As a minister of the gospel called and appointed to shepherd the flock which God has entrusted to me, I am required to show evidence and proof of the truth of God's Word as it's defined in the Holy Scriptures without adding to or taking away from the divinely inspired text. I also am held to establish hermeneutical principles such as never pulling a verse out of context and give it a private interpretation apart from the rest of the Scriptures. Let me tell you something. You can take the Bible and you can literally preach any kind of doctrine you want to preach with the Bible. But the reason why we got so many multiplicities of faiths and beliefs and one group believing this and another group believing that and somebody down the road believing something else is because somebody somewhere down the road took one verse of Scripture out of the Bible and took it, pulled it away from the rest of the Bible and from that one verse of Scripture built a whole system of theology around it. And the Bible teaches us you can't do that. There's no one Scripture of any private interpretation. You cannot take a Scripture out and from one Scripture form yourself a doctrine or teaching or dogma. You, if you do that, you can come up with anything you want to come up with. It's all got to be rightly divided, and it's all got to agree with one another. It's got to all come together. Hallelujah. The message of the oneness of God is the only place you can look to fully, adequately answer the question concerning who is Jesus of Galilee. So by the providence and grace of Almighty, we, by His will, are going to study and we're going to endeavor to seek the answer to the true nature of Jesus Christ, King of all kings. Hallelujah. Now, there's a few basic things that we've got to establish. Hallelujah. The first thing that I'm going to talk about today is there is and can be only one God. Does anybody believe that? There is and can be only one God. Going back to the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, we find what has been called the creed of Judaism. What the whole Moses law and the Jewish people's law was built upon. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel... The Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. Everything else they had was built around that. Hero, do you, you remember, you've maybe seen pictures in Bible books and stuff. You see some Jews wear, uh, wearing a band around their head, and this looks like a little black box around the head or maybe around their wrist or, or, or something hang, hung around their neck uh, uh, that, uh, that contains something. That verse of Scripture is exactly what they carried around with them. 
Deuteronomy 6.4. It was written down on, uh, on papyrus and it was rolled up and they literally wore it with them. If you went to a Jewish home, you would find a little place by the door, had a little compartment that held. And it was in that, that was the basis of who they were and everything they believed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not, not a multiplicity, whatever, but the Lord our God is one Lord. You see, the issue at hand is the foundation of all truth ever taught and known by men. The fact that there is only one God and He is one in nature. Now, I'm, 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 I'm not going to get into a whole lot of technical things. I want to keep it as simple as possible. But there are, from time to time, a couple words I want to give you that's important. And that being the word, one of them, monotheism. Monotheism means the belief in one God. It was the creed and the foundation of Judaic faith. The message of one Godism echoed throughout the whole Old Testament. I told you at the beginning. We're not going to we're not going to pull one verse somewhere and try to build something on it. What I'm going to do is going to give you not exhaustively because there's no way I could give them all to you. <clears throat> but I'm going to give you enough scriptures to understand that uh, what the Bible says that there is and can only be one God. We've got to understand this first before we can get into understanding how the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost is related. And let me say this off, off the bat. Some people look at what we teach and believe and say, well, uh, you know, so-and-so is, is Jesus only. I'm not Jesus only, folks. I'm Jesus everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and number two, the reason why I don't profess that is because I do believe in the Father, I believe in the Son, and I believe in the Holy Ghost. I just thank God I got a revelation of who they all are. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to me. And I'm, I'm going to be going. Don't try to turn in your Bibles because if you do, you are going to miss a lot of what I'm saying. Jot down the Scriptures if you want to. Go back to them later. Uh, they're going to place them up on the, up on the board. But we're, going, we're laying a foundation of the Old Testament first. Isaiah 44 and 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and the Redeemer, uh, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last. And beside me there is no God. Jehovah God in the Old Testament says, I'm the first. I'm the last. Jesus in the New Testament, the book of Revelations, when, when He appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos, Jesus told John, says, I'm the first and I'm the last. Now let me ask you a question. Does the Bible contradict itself? How many, how many first and how many last can you have? Uh, come here, uh, come here a minute, Brother Paul. Now I'm not going to do this because I don't intend to make a fool of myself, but I'm just going to make a point. Me and you, this right here is a starting line. And way over at the corner of the other end of that building, 
is a $100 bill, and the first one over there can have it. How many, how, somebody is going to be the first and somebody's going to be last. Now, that may be pretty, uh, pretty evident. He, he's probably going to be the first over there. There can't be two firsts. I'm going to be, I'm going to be telling, uh, come up behind because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit older and, and my chest has kind of fell, you know, dropped a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Young men, please let me tell you something. Do not ever lift weights unless you plan on lifting the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. You can sit down. God in the Old Testament says, I'm the first. I'm the last. I'm the beginning, and I'm the end. If God of the Old Testament and Jesus of the New Testament is not two and the same, then Jesus in the book of Revelation is claiming to be something he's not. He's going against. Because Jesus says, I am the first, I'm the last. He went on further to say, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the A and the Z and everything in between. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, that's, that's important in understanding, amen, the nature of God and who is Jesus of Nazareth. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 8 says, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Now, that's the question he's asking. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. God says in the Old Testament, if there's anybody else claiming to be God, I don't know who he is. I don't know him. If there is another God beside me. But yet, I would have gave you Scripture, and I told about Jesus in, in the New Testament, and they tried to kill him because they tried to say, because you're a man making yourself God. Let me go on. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Isaiah 45 and 18, For thus saith the Lord that created the heaven, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it, not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited, I am the Lord, and there is none else. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Man, there's so much here that I'd like to add and get it, but I'm, 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 I'm trying to uh, just stay on track here because I, it's important, I feel like, to lay the proper foundation that you can understand the things a little bit later on. <clears throat> Malachi chapter 2 and verse 10. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do you deal treacherously with every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? The Scriptures of the New Testament also declare the fact that there, there can be only one eternal God. In the New Testament, we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in idols, uh, offered in sacrifice and idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. If there's only one God, 
but one. And God in the Old Testament, Jehovah claimed to be the God, and Jesus in the New Testament claimed to be God. Somebody's telling a lie. Unless if they're not both one in the same. Hallelujah. Now verse 5, he says, For though there be that are uh, that called gods, whether in heaven and earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us, look at your neighbor and say, to us, there is but one God, the Father of all, Father of whom all uh, are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, for whom are all things, and we by Him. Ephesians four and six, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. First Timothy two and five, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. James 2 and 19. Thou believest that there is one God, there do as well. The devils also believe and tremble. Even the devils have got more sense than some people do. The devil knows there's only one God. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. This is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. Now, I have given you more than two or three witnesses of Scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that, that there is only one God. There can't be another God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, somebody, uh, now, and what you've got to hang on and, 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 and understand, people want, they, they question, say, was, was, was Jesus his own, was his own daddy? Did God die? No, God didn't die. It's impossible for God to die. You've got to understand uh, what happened and what transpired uh, at Calvary, there is only one God. There's no other God but Him. That message has been false since day one, and people still fighting it today, even with other religions and, and all and that's going on in the world today. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's only one God, and His name is one. His name is Jesus. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Okay, now let's, let's move on, and I'm going to talk a little bit about God is a spirit being. We talked about God only being one God. Now we're going to begin to break down, and uh, uh, this is probably as far as I get to go today uh, uh, for time's sake. But I want, we need to understand that when we talk about God in His essence, God is a spirit being. The second thing is the second thing we need to understand that God's a spirit being and he's being a spirit, he's not limited by body, time, or locality. A spirit does not have a body. It's not bound by time. It's not bound by locality. Amen. When we talk about God, we find through the Word that God is omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. Only God possesses those qualities. Now, to lay the foundation of what I'm saying there, we go to the book of John's Gospel, chapter 4, and verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Does anybody understand today that it was the Spirit of God that we felt in this house a while ago? Do you know that you can't feel that in every church place you go to? Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know how you feel about it, but I've got to go where I can feel and connect it to God. 
Hallelujah. I got to go where for I've got a need that God is going to be there and meet and supply my need. And the way that He does that is through His Spirit. Through His Spirit. Hallelujah. Um, an important fact about a spirit being is that there is no physical body associated with that. A lot of people, they get the image of a big, mighty, gray-headed man with a long beard sitting on a huge throne somewhere off uh, on the other side uh, of the universe and whatever. But God, being a spirit, He has no physical body. There's not no one place you can point to anywhere in the universe and say God's there because God's omnipresent. God is everywhere. He's a spirit. He's not bound by a body, physical body or time or locality. Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 39. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Now this is after Jesus had been crucified and, uh, and been buried. And uh, uh, it was after the first day of the week when he rose from the grave. He appeared to some of them. But they were terrified and frightened, supposing that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Listen to what Jesus says. Behold my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Amen. So there you see the proof of the text of what I'm saying that when we talk about God Himself as a spirit, that a spirit uh, does have a body. Jesus said, if I was a spirit, you, you couldn't handle me. You couldn't see me. A spirit don't have a body like you see me have here. And God being a spirit entity would make Him certain things. Number one, if God's a spirit, then that makes Him invisible to the natural eye. Colossians chapter 115. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? This is taught, if you go in there and look to the verses above, you'll find he's talking about Christ Jesus, saying he's the image of the invisible God. God himself is invisible. <laughs> My, there's so many things I can get in here on this. But let me get the rest of these. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever, our man. Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith, he forsook Egypt. Everybody should pick up it's talking about Moses. And not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, there's a few things that's going to be, a, I'm going to sum up a summary of, the, of this first lesson. I'm going to give you a summary of lesson one. The first thing is there's only one God. Secondly, God is a spirit. Thirdly, God has not a physical body. As a spirit being, God is invisible. Now, in winding down this message for today,
that we can begin to understand the nature of God and, and, and how, how, how God acts and how God is. God desired to come down on earth to be amongst His creation. Man had a need. We need a Savior. That God, and we're going to uh, we're going to take this further uh, and take it deeper in in, in in on coming lessons. That God, the Spirit of that God, overshadowed Mary. And that Spirit of Jehovah God from the Old Testament entered the womb of Mary. And He created Himself a physical body that for the first time in all eternity He could be amongst us. You see, Jesus... He was all God, and He was all man. Hallelujah. On the outside, He was flesh. As a man, He hungered. He thirsted. Hallelujah. Let me give you a good illustration. When He found out that His best friend Lazarus was dead, and when He got there, they had done buried Him. He'd been, he'd been dead for four days. Mary and Martha was weeping. One of them come to him and says, Lord, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. Jesus asked, he says, um, where have you laid him? And he went to the place where they had buried Lazarus four days later. And the shortest verse in all the Bible, only two verses long, says Jesus wept. This gives us a best illustration of the dual natures of Jesus Christ and anything else. When Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, he wept and he cried just like every other man that was there. But guess what? He wiped away the tears. As a man, he cried, Brother Darrell. But as the mighty God in Christ, the Spirit of Jehovah that was in him, he wiped away those tears. He told them, man, he says, roll away the stone. As a man, he cried. But as the creator of the universe and the mighty God, he cried out with a loud voice and says, Lazarus, come forth. That was the God part. No man could do that. Hallelujah. He was God and he was man. The two dual natures. Hallelujah. First, I don't. They don't have this scripture up here, but we, we might use it uh, uh, in, in one of our uh, next lessons. But First Timothy three and sixteen, I believe it is, says. And I started out talking about the mystery who Jesus was. Let me quote this scripture to you before I close. Great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, believed on in the world, 
and received up in the glory. And if you take that word, open your Bible, and you look at that word manifested and get you a good, strong uh, Hebrew or Greek concordance, that word manifested means made known and made visible. God was made known in the flesh. The invisible God was made visible in the body of Jesus Christ. That's how it come, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. How many remembers a guy, one of the disciples, uh, 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 didn't believe the rest of them that Jesus had rose again from the, uh, from the dead? You know, because he wasn't there. Let me tell you something, folks. That's one reason why you should never miss the church service. Glory to God. Because you're going to miss something anytime you miss going to the house of God. Because Thomas decided to lay out one day. Amen. There was a football game on that he wanted to watch. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said, well, I know the preacher going to preach on me, but I'm not going to be here today. Or the wife wants me to take her to the mall, and you all know how that is. Glory to God. Anyway, whatever it was, Thomas wasn't there. But And Thomas, when he appeared later, they said, oh, Thomas, Jesus was here. You weren't around, but he appeared. Oh, Thomas... Because he wasn't where he should have been, didn't have any faith. He said, unless I can see the print of nails in his hands and thrust my hand in the side where I was standing right there and I watched that Roman soldier put that spear into him. He said, unless I can see those scars, I won't believe. Well, a little later on, they was gathered back again. This time, the football game was over and Thomas showed up. Jesus appeared to him. And he walked right to Thomas. And he looked at him, he says, Look at my hands, Thomas. Touch me. Feel me. Look at the wounds. Thomas looked at the Lord. And he fell down. He says, My Lord. And my God, my Lord, and my God. Oh, there, man! There, I'm, I feel like I'm about to explode right there. There's so many things, I, but I can't. I can't give it all to you in, in one head, and we just mess up, folks. I'm not trying to mess anybody up, and and you've got to follow the Word of God as you see fit, and as you're. Because let me tell you something. We all have to have a revelation. There was a time in my life I didn't see this and I didn't understand that. But thank God for the revelation that God brought into my life. And I'm so thankful that when God revealed it to me, I didn't fight it and I didn't run from it. I embraced it. And it changed my whole life. It changed my ministry. I can remember when I used to preach and I wasn't nothing but a little old wimp. Didn't have no power. Amen. No, no. Man, I, you know, do like a lot of some, some people did. Man, I'd get called to go somewhere and preach. And, man, I'd, I'd be, be sitting on the front row or, or on the platform, man. I'd just be shaking my leg and hand there and trying, trying to get myself built up, you know, and just get myself. 
kind of like a fighter does, you know. I mean, they're back there in the room right before they go out, man, they're just, uh, you know, getting all psyched up and everything. That's the way I used to have to do, see, before I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, before I was baptized in Jesus' name, before I knew who God was. Hallelujah. I had to I had to pump myself up some kind of way. Hallelujah. Until finally God got tired of looking at that dumb boy down there. He says, I'm going to have to reveal myself to him. Hallelujah. And God revealed himself, amen, to me of who he was. Glory to God, and I went down in his name. Then I was filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And when I stood behind the pulpit, glory to God, I didn't have to pump. I didn't have to prize. I didn't have to build myself up because I could feel the power of God radiating through me and dipping out of my hands. And God moved in a great and powerful way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody stand together right now. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, God's good. Hallelujah. Our brother, how you feeling right now? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. If he says if God if God's word says it, Brother Randy, I'm gonna believe it. I'm gonna believe it. Hallelujah. And you know what? The more I learn about the word of God, the more I realize how little of God's word I really know. I, 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 I haven't scratched the surface yet. The Word of God says, I have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered the hearts of men. One of these days, we're going to see it all. The Word of God says, today we only see through a glass darkly. Don't nobody have the whole picture? That's how come we shouldn't try to judge our brothers and our sisters who don't see things just quite like the way we do or understand things the way we do because we all see through a glass darkly. Nobody has a full revelation of nothing. God intended it that way. That's how God, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, he, you know, even though we got some guys still running around when the Bible, the Bible plainly says that nobody knows the day of the hour when he's going to return, but you still every now and then you'll see something on the news, somebody in the paper, somebody doesn't set another date. Hallelujah. One of these days when we get to heaven, as that old song, we'll understand it better by and by. Bow your heads with me in prayer. Will you, mighty God, as we come today, we thank you.